Welcome everybody to my daily wrestling podcast. This is Darren, aka Mr. Dorse Fists. I'm here to give you all the news, reviews, previews for Raw Smackdown, NXT, and all of the wrestling world right now. Like I said, I'm here daily, so without any further ado, let's get into it because today's show is going to be a good one. Welcome everybody to Mr. Dorse Fist podcast. My name is Darren, as you well know already. This is the WWE Monday Night Raw review from Monday the 10th of August 2020. Um, just before we start, I need to get a few things out of the way. Uh, one, one of my friends, one of my best friend Sean, he runs a podcast and a website uh, for mental health on Twitter and Instagram. You can catch them on Let's Talk Men's Mental Health. Hashtag Let's Talk Men's Mental Health or the short version LTMMH2018. He's a fantastic friend of mine. He's helped me with, with this show a lot. Um, I know a lot about technology and how to do a podcast, but Sean kind of pointed me in the right direction and told me to use this and not to use that and to say this and to do this. So Sean's been an awesome friend. He's been an awesome help to me. He's recently given me a five-star review on Stitch. So if anybody wants to go and give me a review, you can. Again, these podcasts are very new. They're very raw. I do apologise about the intro. It's the same intro at the moment. But like I said, when I get more into this and I have more free time, which I will have over the next few weeks, because recently my job decided to get rid of me due to COVID. They couldn't afford it. So at the moment, I'm technically looking for a job and I'm going to get more time to basically make podcasts, make myself better. I'm on a, a weight plan at the moment after today because I was going to start today. But it's been so hot. I've been for a few pints in Cardiff with my partner. We've been for food. So tomorrow, it has to start tomorrow on a Wednesday. My weight loss starts then and that's basically it. So those are the fundamentals out of the way. By the way, if you know him or you don't know him, go follow him at Crypt Boy. That's Crypt with a K. He's Sean Parfit, he's a fantastic guy. So, if anybody got mental, any mental health issues or they want to think about it or talk about it, just go to the links I've just given you on Instagram and Twitter. Now, Raw. Raw was a funny old show. Raw was, well. Um, <laughs> well, it made sense for a good bit of it itself without sounding patronising. Raw made sense in the first... 15 minutes. I like the fact it started off with Samoa Joe saying Seth Rollins is a weasel. He's basically a dick. But, you know, he realises he has to fight Dominic Mysterio, Rey Mysterio's son at SummerSlam. And there's a contract signing in the ring. Dominic Mysterio has to sign two. One, the contract for SummerSlam to fight Seth Rollins. And two, a professional contract signing to be a WWE superstar. Now, as soon as they mentioned that, I knew Dominic was somehow going to get beat the fucking shit out of. As a good job, I know the wrestling industry, because they did. So, Samoa Joe brings out Dominic and Seth. Joe says, Seth, I'll have to kick your ass, basically, because Joe's like a badass. He, he's better as a heel, but I like him as a badass face as well. He's been a face since Christmas time when the AOP and Seth Rollins power bombed him through a table. So, but ever since, since like February, he's been out with a, a concussion, he's not medically cleared, he's been injured. So he's basically got told, he's not out to attack Seth Rollins tonight, not to hit Seth Rollins, he can't interfere. If he does, he, he will get fired, basically. So I kind of knew they were going to try and do something to Dominic Mysterio. 
Samoa Joe still cut a fantastic promo on Seth. Slagged him off. Said he hoped Dominic beats him at SummerSlam. Dominic came out with a kendo stick. Seth said you don't need that. Now he's some sort of coward. And uh, Dominic was like, yeah, okay, I don't need it. So he gave it to Joe. <laughs> Which, I mean, Seth, who would you rather have in your hands or hands off? I kind of think if I'd have Dominic, who's beat you and Murphy's ass with it the past few weeks. Or Samoa Joe, the guy you can take your face off. But anyway, either one was it, but Joe's the... Worst of tweevils, if that makes sense. So anyway, Seth said he's going to take Dominic Mysterio part at SummerSlam. Dominic can bring all the weapons he wants. He's allowed to use any weapons he wants because he doesn't want people saying, I beat Dominic in a few seconds, the match wasn't even. So he said to Dominic, basically, the weapons are good for you. Basically, it's the reverse of Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre Extreme Rules. Because only Dolph Ziggler could use rules in Extreme Rules match. Drew McIntyre had to wrestle a normal match. So it's basically a, a, the same match as that. Basically, so Dominic can use anything he wants. Seth has to wrestle to, to win. Dominic had a pretty good promo saying, he's not the problem, he's taking his father out, he's here for retribution, and he's going to kick his ass. Seth said he's got it all wrong. Seth said, I've been trying to help you, Dominic, help you see the, 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 the light, blah, 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 blah. And then Seth said, Humberto Carrillo is going to come out to you soon and fight me. I'm going to show you what I do to him is going to happen to you, if not worse. Seth beat Humberto Carrillo in about... Two minutes, three minutes, back and forth a little bit at the beginning. Seth took advantage. Power bomb, flipped him over, curb stomp. Fantastic end to a match. I have seen that from Seth. He normally waits for a while until they get up and then he curb stomps them. So, nice transition into the curb stomp. Um, Dominic's a ringside. Uh, Murphy tries to interfere in. Dominic grabs the candlestick. I think he attacks. He goes to attack Seth and Murphy. He might hit him at least once. But the numbers game catches up with them. They take him out. They beat the fuck into him. Then they smash him to pieces with a kendo stick. His blood, the back and body of Dominic Mysterio is terrible. They tie him up in the ropes. They beat the living shit out of Dominic with a kendo stick. Apparently he got hit 32 times. 32 times. That's a lot. It looked like it hurt. I've got to be honest with you. The welts on Dominic's body, they tied him up. But like I said, that's the hard way of getting into the wrestling business officially. You sign your contract. That's their way of saying, welcome to the business, pal. It's not all, you know, roses and butterflies. It's going to hurt. Smash him 32 times with a candlestick. Yep. It's going to hurt. <laughs> so, yeah, that happened. I was waiting for Samojo to get up, but he couldn't get up and help Dominic because... He, if he helped, he'd get fired. Alistair Black, they've taken out. A bit of Carrillo, they showed him a ringside. He, he only took a, a finisher, which is in the curb stomp, within two minutes. So he could have he could have at least tried and helped Dominic Mysterio, but he didn't. So I found that a bit stupid. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? He couldn't help. No, nobody helped him. They put more heat on Rollins. Heat means more bad, you know, more heel things to hate him. Gives you more sympathy for Dominic Mysterio for SummerSlam, the ultimate babyface. So it's like his dad. I think his dad has been a babyface all his, his 30, 30 year career or so, I think. So so that's brilliant. But uh, yeah, so it got me invested. It was a very good match. Uh, sorry, a very good segment, sorry. And um, I just want to see what they're going to do after SummerSlam with Seth Rollins. Is he going to go into the world title picture against Drew McIntyre again or Randy Orton? Is he going to still be hunting Rey Mysterio and Don Mysterio? I'd like to see Seth a bit higher. Um, I don't give him the tag team titles with Murphy again. I don't know with Seth Rollins. I just want him to be higher because he's got the talent. But that's just me. All right. So after the Seth and Dominic sex, sex segment, what what baffles me is 
the fact that they say with Dominic, by the way, that he has to pay his dues and he got his ass kicked. That's fine. But Raw after this didn't make much sense. Well, it did, but it didn't. It's because you got backstage, you got Zelina saying, I'm sorry, Zelina and I come out. Before that backstage, they were like, we weren't the people behind Montez Ford being poisoned. They come to the ring, she says the same thing. It wasn't me, you got, you got no proof. But she said, it's, trust me, it, it ain't me. It weren't me. I'm just telling you now, it's not me. So, uh, this, this, this is where it goes weird. Angelo Dawkins fought Andrade. Not a bad match. Andrade wins. Basically, it's as simple as, as that. Um, it's back and forth. But, you know, Zelina did play a, 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 a bit of a a part in this. Barely kick him off to pull Zelina off the apron. Um, Andrade gets the pin. Uh, sorry, Andrade gets a spinebuster, one, two, three. Winner, Angelo Dawkins. It was kind of weird to see Andrade lose to a spinebuster. Um, even if Dawkins is a big guy, another match. It was too, too short, it didn't really mean anything, but I suppose the tag team match before SummerSlam, you're going to get singles matches between each of the stars from each tag team, which is common sense, if that makes sense. So then Bianca Belli fought Zelina, so it's basically just followed on straight away after that again quite a short match Zelina got a few moves in but Bianca Belli fought from underneath as, as uh, the commentators were actually trying to Im Im imply and uh, yeah she won the match with a KOD um, one two three that's basically it um, after the match though you know uh, you know you know after the match, I, I think to myself, why are these guys on, 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 on the apron? Why are they still talking? But then Charlie Caruso, the interviewer, she comes in. She asks Bianca if there's any evidence towards the claim. There's an interview in Vega done it. Bianca Belli is basically saying, oh, she did it. Oh, I know she did it. She's not going to admit she did it, but she did it. I don't think she did. I think Charlie Caruso did it, the interviewer. Because last week, she doesn't like the fact that Angel Garza was talking to a girl. And I think she drugged that drink, that girl, because last week that girl had a red cup. I think Montez Ford picked up the wrong cup. He drank the one that Charlie, because Charlie Crusoe fancies um, Ingle Garza. The interviewer fancies Ingle Garza. So I think it was her. He drank the wrong one. You know, I think she went to drug that girl that she was jealous of. That's what I'm thinking. I reckon at SummerSlam, they'll show a backstage kid from three weeks ago. The Montez Ford did pick up the wrong cup. I guarantee they'll do that. It's Charlie Crusoe. I know. Twitter, she said something, look out, whatever that girl's name was last week. I don't know who she was. So, she, I think she's involved. Right. Uh, they asked for the Mon update on Montez Ford condition. They said it'll be good for Summer, Summer Slam. They are up and they want the smoke. Look out, Andrade and, and, and Angel Garza. I think Angel Garza and Andrade will win the Tag Team Championship year against Street Profits at SummerSlam. That's just my assumption. MVP is in the ring with Lashley and Shelton Benjamin. It's the MVP lounge. He's not in a happy mood, not a celebrity mood. He'd like to pop people in the mouth, not bottles. He said he misses an opportunity to be the guy that I told you so, but he fucking did. Lights start flickering again, just like he did before. He said he's a professional. He knows how he's supposed to win championships in these unsafe working conditions. Apollo didn't beat him. The lights did when they kept on affecting him. They distracted him. How come they ain't flickering now? Um, Apollo Crews kick him out. He says MVP always make excuses. Excuses is always, is always something else's fault. MVP says extreme rules, and he said you didn't come and fight. And Apollo said, Yeah, I didn't come and fight because your big guy Lashley there attacked me from behind and took me out. Apollo said Lashley was the one that hurt him um, when his back was turned. Um, he's not hurting anymore. You know, it's MVP because Apollo has a new title on his shoulders. He's scared of him. MVP said he tried to help Apollo and all he does is make bad decisions, like the bad decision is coming at you right now. Apollo says sometimes he does make bad decisions. But he's allowed to. Because he's a bad man. I thought, Apollo, you're not a bad man. You're the biggest baby face they fucking got. As a matter of fact, MEP don't care about Apollo. 
and about his kids. Well, Apollo doesn't care about Shelton Benjamin and Bob Bobby Lashley either. He doesn't care about MVP. Want to talk about lights flickering? A SummerSlam, the only lights going out, MVP will be yours. I thought that was brilliant. Lashley and Shelton Benjamin roll out. Apollo rolls in. He attacks MVP. MVP rolls out. He gives him an insecurity at the back of the neck. MVP is down. He goes to a break. Comes back from the break. Shelton Benjamin fights Apollo Crews. Pretty good match. Good back and forth match. A good athleticism. A few reversals. A few good submissions. Very good. But you all know what happened. Apollo kicks him in the face, rolls up uh, uh, Apollo, one, two, three. I thought, what? Apollo Crews just, just lost. Of course he lost. They're making the stable look good, but Apollo Crews will probably go ahead and pin Bobby Lashley next week to even it out, and he'll beat MVP again at SummerSlam. Mickey James backstage. Um, she's coming back. She may be in the Battle Royal this Friday to, to see who fights Bailey at SummerSlam in the mixed uh, brand Battle Royal. And if you hear some bottles clacking, I do apologise. I brought a case of Cronenberg with me, some bottles, because I've had a bad fucking day, a bad week, and I'm going to celebrate by doing this raw review with a bottle of bloody Cronenberg, because I'm a bloody bloke. Right, so yeah, Mickey James is backstage, she said she wants a championship, but then Lana and uh, Lana and Natalia uh, come after her, and they're like, oh, we're the best, you know, we, we are called Team Boat, best of all time. Because I'm Natalia Hart and I work with the Hart Dynasty and I'm a legend. I've been in this business for 15 years. I've done this, blah, 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 blah. Lana and uh, Mickey James like, yeah, you have. What's Lana, Lana done apart from wrestle one or two bad matches and manage, manage her ex-husband and manage Bobby Lashley, who they got divorced at after six months. I was like, oh, yeah, she, she's right. And um, they said they, they're both the both of all, best of all time. Mickey James said, look, thing is, we're, we're both girls. They sink. Just like Lana's career has so far, which I thought was a dig. It was fucking brilliant. We may have an Natalia versus Mickey James food. I'm happy with that. As long as it gets Mickey James back on TV after injury and her new singing career with her country and western song. So good for her. She's back in the mix. Two veterans, Mickey James and Natalia. I'm happy about it. Bring it on. Not bad. Is it a fill time? And I hope to see Mickey James in the uh, Battle Royal on Friday night to determine Bailey's number contender for some slam SmackDown women's title. I can't wait for that. So, um, yeah, that's basically it. Just showing. And then we went to Ivar, flirting with some blonde girl. Again, don't know who she is. Um, Eric is tagging partner, Eric. Uh, the Viking Raiders, him and I- Ivar. Ray Ricochet and Cedric Anderson come in as well. Um, Cedric has got no ring tape. Eric is still not cute. Um, that's what the woman said. Uh, the woman said, and she walked off. So, I don't know what the hell is going on. Then we have Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, the Viking Raiders versus Akira Dezawa. <laughs> now, I was going to call these guys Tem Tem, Rocky and Colt from the Karate Kid. Because they're just ninjas and they just don't know who they are. But one of them was our, our truth. He didn't want to get tagged in the match, but we didn't know at the time. Two of them got their asses kicked. Akira Dezawa wouldn't tag himself in. And then, um, basically, the Viking Raiders said Cedric and Ricochet won an easy match. They kicked their faces off. They'd done, they'd given the Viking experience. R-Truth revealed himself at the end. Pinned Akira Zawa, again, won the 24-7 title for the 38th time, or 39th time. <sighs> Drew Baxter was talking with Charlie Caruso. He'll be watching tonight's match with Kevin Owens and Randy Orton to build upon um, a SummerSlam food. He wants to know the evolution. Um, by the way, Drew McIntyre said to Orton, Orton, evolution just passed you by. I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure, you know, you, all the knowledge you've gained, you never pass on to anybody else. That's why you take up the legend, so they can't pass on to anybody else. You want to be on top as long as you can without nobody learning anything so you, you can be the best. Drew said, not on my watch. Evolution will pass you by, which is the evolution, you know, 
phrase they used for years ago with in Batista, Ric Flair, Norton, Triple H. Um, and Charlie Christopher's like, oh, hang on now. What if Owens kicks Randy head off tonight? Drew says they'll have a long talk about the future of Raw then. So they're trying to say, if Kevin Owens beats Orton tonight, will Kevin Owens be involved in the match of SummerSlam or will he fight him? I think Charlie Cross will be in naughty nought and teasing stuff today. The Iconics um, fought Ribby. Ribby? Who's Ribby? They fought Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan. Um, they teased dissension already between Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot, even though they got back together. Um, it was Liv versus Peyton Royce. Peyton Royce won in about two minutes. Quick back and forth match. Uh, she won with a deja vu brain buster. That's basically it. But at the end of the match, they, they showed Liv and Ruby arguing. Why they have them argue already, I don't know. They just got back together. So maybe they're not fully back together, but they're making them for SummerSlam to get back together probably. I don't fucking know. Um, oh, this is where it goes to raw fucking underground. Right. I'm just going to keep this brief. If you want to watch it, go on WWE Raw on YouTube, watch the highlights. They had Riddick Moss beat up Cal Bloom. Cal Bloom is Prince Albert, aka um, A Train, wherever his name is. <laughs> his real name is Matt Bloom. His son, he's big. He, he, he looks like a tall Billy Gunn. He looks like a bigger, a younger Billy Gunn to, to me. That's what he looks like. He fought this guy called Riddick Moss. They beat each other up for a little bit. Even match. Riddick Moss basically chucks him on the outside, chucks him back in, keeps punching him in the face. He wins the match. Yep. Asuka versus Bailey. Now, my girl Bailey, I knew she was going to lose this match because Asuka has to fight Sasha at SummerSlam. I didn't realise the match would be as good as it was. And the ending was a bit strange to me. But, but about no selling, but there we go. Um, Asuka was pissed. She talking to Bailey very earlier on. Bailey finally got in control of the match halfway through. Back and forth, back and forth. So submission, some good technical re- re- wrestling. There were some good spots. It was a good spot when Bailey just need Asuka right in the face. I was like, fuck, is she dead? She needed it. She needed to ask in the face, and she rolled the outside, and it went, went to a break. I was like, "Well, that's a momentum killer." <laughs> what a bad camera cut, though, we? At least take a break after. You know, what I mean, it, it made Bailey's need to face look irrelevant because when it comes back, Asuka was in control again. Asuka threw Bailey against the barricade on the outside. But uh, the reason why I skin these matches back and forth because I can't give an in-depth thing because I'll be all fucking day. But basically, towards the end, Bailey was on top. She um, sunset flip power bombed Asuka into the corner, and as she was. Like stall, it took about fifteen seconds. She was doing it. She's making a big fun of Kyrie saying Asuka's uh, best friend, who's who she retired. She turned around and Asuka just grabbed her in the arm lock and made it to tap out to the Asuka lock. And I was like, "Hang on, ten seconds ago she sunset flip power bombed Asuka into the fucking turnbuckles." Like, I think it was too short of a space. I think they should have let that grow a bit. I think Bailey should have like walked towards Sasha and talked to her and turned her back on her. Then she should have done it. But like a 20, 20, 25 second mark for somebody to get up and do the move is fine. Five, well, 10, 10 to 15 seconds, I'm like, come on. I'm nitpicking, but it's a fantastic match. It was good. It was a really good, good match. I enjoyed it more than I thought, thought I would. My girl Bailey's now going to have to wait and see who wins the Battle Royal on SmackDown with Raw SmackDown and NXT women who's going to fight there. I think it's Rhea Ripley, in my opinion. I think they're going to have Rhea Ripley or maybe Mickey James as like a tease. But either way, I don't think Bailey's losing her belt anytime soon, but I think Sasha loses against Asuka at SummerSlam. Yeah, so it was a very good match. I enjoyed it. I love Bailey. You know, on Raw again, she done she, the way she looks unconfident with Asuka because she knows she's going to get ass kicked because she, she knows she took out Asuka's um, best friend, so she knew. But even after the match, she got her confidence back because she was kicking Asuka's ass. So it was, it was, it was a good match. Fucking love Bailey. I'll, I'll always say it. Love Bailey, love Bailey, love Bailey. Back to Raw, uh, uh, Underground, we had a 17-time amateur wrestling guy in the ring. 
big guy. He was on it last week. Baba Tunde is real wrestling name is but they changed it to something else some in dick tunday or something like that he destroyed another jobber grabbed him by the balls threw him in the air which is quite a funny spot the guy's face was fucking priceless good little you know i think it was the best part of that i liked it i enjoyed it then after he destroyed him somebody walked in frame who is it oh yeah that's um Oh, sorry, his name is Daba Kato, sorry. He is Baba Tunde, but he's called Daba Kato. He's massive, he's about six foot eight, bit like a brick shithouse. He could be the next big thing they have, I don't know. Please replace Braun Strowman, because he's shit. Thank you, please. Shayna Baszler, she popped into the uh, screen after Baba Tunde or Daba Kato won his match. She looked him up and down, saying, if you can get out there, I'll kick your fucking ass. He's thinking, I'm not going to hit a woman. He walked off, shit scared. She was like, I'll take on anyone. She dragged a woman from the crowd. Then another woman ran in the ring. Then another one woman tried choking her out. She basically kicked all their asses in about two minutes. Destroyed them all. Made them tap. Beat the fucking them. Made Shayna Baszler look like a fucking badass. I fucking loved it. This, this, this is what they should be doing. Making people look fucking great. And that's it. She killed them. I love it. That's what they do. Kevin Owens versus Randy Orton. The semi-main event. Pretty good fucking match. Hard hitting. The chops, the cannibals, the kicks, the stunners, the RKO's. Fucking brilliant. I loved it. Could have been better. Yes. Was, was it terrible? Absolutely not. But this is the kind of raw main event I expect. It was very good. 7 off, 8 out of 10. Fantastic. Back and forth. Again, I keep saying back and forth in matches, but they do. I really see a dominated match where the guy goes in the ring, beats the fucking down and walks off. They always get a few moves in the jobbers or the guys will lose. They always make it try and look a bit more competitive. Very good match. At one point... Kevin Owens hit a swanton bomb, and I thought that was it. I did. And I thought, then Owen, then Orton snaps, blah, 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 but he didn't. Um, Owen goes for the super kick, he connects, goes for the stunner, boom, no, blocked, Orton, bam, RKO. Orton does it best. He, 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 you know, the way his reversals are for the RKO, fucking brilliant. He pinned um, Owens, one, two, three, good match. I had a feeling Owens wouldn't win it. Um, after the match, Orton calls for the mic, he tells Flair not to leave yet, this is the way I was like, oh fuck, Flair's dead. No matter what Orton was going to say, no matter what Prone was going to do, no matter what Flair Prone was going to do, I knew Flair was going to get fucking hurt. You can tell. He, he, he told Flair not to go to the back. Flair's like, why? What, what's up, Brandy? And he's like, look, I, I, I love you, basically. That's what he says. Flair, I love you. Basically, so sorry, the reason why I'm stopping is because I think I can hear pe people. Yeah, there's some boys. Hey, there's some boys coming, so if, if I go a bit strange, guys, I do apologize for that. But no, um, yeah, he told Flair not to go anywhere. Um, evolution days were great, but you know what? I thought about it, I don't love you no more. That's basically what, what it was. Hi guys, I do apologise for, for that. It was two, uh, two or three boys passing on their bikes. It was very loud, so I had to uh, cut off and start re-recording again. So yeah, it was, it, it, it was, it was a good match. Like I said, Odin come out. Flair, yeah, Flair, I loved you, blah, 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 blah. I don't love you anymore. Um, it's all about you, you on the spotlight. I'm, I'm not into this anymore. You, sh you couldn't have booked this match with Kevin Owens. I didn't need it. Now, what, 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 what Flair should have said is, Odin, you are the best, but sometimes iron needs to sharpen iron. You know, you need to get ready for your SummerSlam match. Not for another two weeks. It's not as if I booked you, you know, a, a week out, you know, of SummerSlam to get hurt. It's two weeks. I know you're the man. You can handle it. Just like Sasha booked Bailey's match for her. Bailey booked Sasha match for him. But people have got, got to wrestle, you know. But Orton is playing the heel. The character is a dastardly heel. And Orton's like, look, 
I didn't need you no more. Basically, fuck off. I want to do this on my own. I didn't need this match tonight. What, what, what were you pulling? You've lost all my respect. I no longer love you. I never have in the past. Lately, it's all about you. You, you, you. Flair said, yeah, he's downright about me. I'm a 73-year-old guy. You know, I, I just want to hang around the legend killer, Randy Orton. Because I said when I... It, it got emotional. I, I, I loved it. I felt it. It was real. All of it was real, by the way. And I know much like backstage, really, Orton and Ric Flair love each other, as well as Triple H and Batista. They all, they're all family, they're all friends. But come on, this fucking thing was brilliant. Flair said he's been right there for the past 20 years, and he's why he's Orton still standing in the ring. After 20 years, he can't be mad at, uh, you know, Orton and Orton can't be mad, mad, mad at Flair. Think back to 2003. Orton said he got himself in a little bit of trouble in Illinois. No one came to help him except Flair. He bailed Orton out. He's only 20 to know the mask could have gotten him into. He respected Flair. After that, he loved him. But past few weeks he doesn't respect Flair anymore or love him because Flair is a liability to everything he is trying to get done right now Orton looks back and knows why Flair took a young Orton under his wing he was thinking that Orton could be the son he wish he never had I didn't like that line too close to home too personal the reason being Rick Flair lost his son Reed um, a few years well about, I can't remember about 10 years ago maybe if I'm wrong I can't remember but he, lost, he haven't long lost his son Charlotte Flair's brother um, for all to say that, a bit insensitive, I, you might have agreed it, you know, given the green light to say it, but the, I, I'm sorry, sometimes some things are personal to get heat, sometimes you don't say some stuff. They shouldn't have had Orton say this. They, they could have said something else. Orton could have said, you were the father I never had. His father, Orton's father is still alive, so maybe they could have gone down that route, but I didn't like it. Sometimes they pull things like the Jeff Hardy alcohol thing as well in real life. Fair enough, if he uses it, great, but don't always use it. Wrestling is... Is acting and it can't be fake as entertainment but sometimes it's real but damn it don't always bring in real shit all the time bring it in sometimes further storyline don't mention his son whether you agree or not i don't care i'm sorry i haven't lost the son well i've, I've lost the child at, a, at the pregnancy stage but not a full you know but it still hurts man i wouldn't have agreed to that that's bad but anyway that's my banter out of the way oh i, I still love orton he, he probably got told to say it Orton said, Ric Flair is just a whore for, for, the, for, for the, uh, the, uh, the spotlight. Um, he knew he didn't need a pacemaker. They slipped into a coma. He's a whore. He wants a spotlight. Ric Flair, taste the mic from Orton. <sighs> he says, he's taking this very personally. Why are you insulting me for? He hears Orton. He wants to tell Orton something. First, one, Ric Flair as Orton... Rick, that, sorry, one, that Ric Flair as Orton came to see with, he's not there anymore. He agrees. He's not the Ric Flair anymore. Orton's right. Flair loves the spotlight. Call Norton the greatest and he wants to be part of it. Yeah, he's 73 years old on Raw and he's on Raw. Well, that means for him, he's got Hogan calling him, asking to get him to tell him, what's going on? How are you feeling? He's like, this is the best feeling in the world, being on Raw at 73. I know I shouldn't be here, but I'm here because I want Orton's approval. And, you know, he wants to be with Orton. He wants to be here when Orton wins all his titles. His 17th, 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 19th title. He wants Orton to break his record. Not John Cena's record of 15 times or 16 times, which is joint with Rick Flair. Cena hasn't beat Rick Flair's 16-time World Derby Champion record. Orton's on 14. If Orton wins the title at Drew McIntyre at some time, which I think he will, he'll be 15 times. Flair just wants to hang BB with him. You know, he, you know, he, he wants to see him do it. He, he loves Randy Orton. He is like the son he's never had, but only Rick Flair gets to say that. Doesn't matter how many millions of miles he's flown, Orton knows all about this. No cell phones back in the day. Orton knows Flair went what he went through. Orton is the greatest performer in the business today, but he'll say something right now. Rick Flair said he can't get mad because after 31 days of being in the ICU and being in the coma for 12 of them, he woke up and wanted all he wanted to tell the people we hadn't told yet he loved them. To make sure he told everybody he loved them and he knew how they felt. He called on everyone that mattered. And you have to be this close to know where he was to imagine what he's going through. He's not trying to take anything from Orton. He's Charlotte Flair's dad. 
He wants to be a part of Orton's life. He's not Ric Flair anymore. He's just a normal guy. But he's a big fan. He's a big fan of Randy Orton. And Orton is the guy to break his record. Orton grabs the mic and, hu and hugs Flair. They break the hole. Flair turns. Orton lo low blows Flair. Now he low blowed him because Ric Flair probably can't take an, uh, an RKO in his mid-70s. You know, or he didn't want to take it. Because um, he had someone on his heart. So they cleverly done the low blow, which Ric Flair has done for 98% of his career. When he, and he's a bad guy. He used to use a low blow. Ric Flair had a low blow. Went on the floor. Orton was thinking about punting him. I thought, oh God, if they punt it, if they show him punting him, fuck, that's awesome. And Orton is the safest worker they got. He ain't going to hurt Flair, you know, in real life. But what they did cleverly, the lights were flickering during the segment as well. As soon as Orton went to punt Flair, the lights went out, but they came back on as soon as he kicked him. So basically, you didn't see the punt, but you know, your imagination, you knew what happened. He punt kicked Ric Flair in the dark, basically. The, the lights came back on. Flair is laid out. Orton grabs his hand and lays it on the chest of Flair. He whispers something in Ric Flair's ear. You can hear the shutter of the, cut, the, cut the, of the cameraman's camera. Um, Drew McIntyre runs down. I'm like, Drew, where was you 10 minutes ago? Do you know what I mean? Like, because like, Ric Flair is a heel now. He's obviously beat because Orton took him out, but he's fighting Ric Flair. Drew McIntyre should have run down as soon as, as soon as Orton started. Anyway. I think if Drew McIntyre ran down 10 seconds earlier, as soon as he punted him, it's fine. But they waited like 10, 15 seconds to tell the story. Drew McIntyre runs down, calls Orton the son, son of a bitch. He said, really, even him, you evil son of a bitch. Orton runs up, 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 up to the ramp to see the camera gets the close-up of his face. It's looking like something like that guy of Ghostbusters uh, the, in the painting, that Egon, or not Egon, whatever his name is. So yeah, uh, Raw goes off here basically with Drew and Orton staying each other. Orton... Showed his teeth. He got the best teeth I've ever seen in my life. Drew Mark can call him an evil son of a bitch. He'll take him out at SummerSlam Slam for what he's done as well. He's, he's even more ready. So yeah, Raw goes off here with a dramatic, dramatic little fucking, pardon the language, you know, angle. I liked it. But, the, you know, the, the, the promo was fantastic. Shouldn't have mentioned Ric Flair's uh, Sonny Never Had. I didn't like that. Only, only Ric Flair would get to say that about Orton. But apart from that, pretty good fucking Raw. There wasn't one match on Raw where I went, oh, that's shit. I mean, the Raw underground stuff, yeah. She and the basic stuff was the best stuff on there, but anything else that happened, I was like, ugh, I don't really care. Do you know what I mean? I'm not bothered. I don't really care. Oh, yeah. I one another thing I missed on Raw Underground as well. Can't remember his name. I'm sorry. Sansomin Otoro. He's from Evolve. He's an actual karate world champion from 2010. He beat this guy a few minutes. That was a back and forth match. We beat him like a scorpion kick where they arch forward and they back foot snaps him in the head. He knocked him out. So that was a pretty good thing. But again, I didn't enjoy the Raw Underground shit. Shane McMahon got on my nerves. The camera cuts weren't as bad this week I found on the Raw Underground, but they were worse on the actual matches on Raw in the performance centre. So I gave this Raw a 7. Um, it was a pretty good show. You've got two weeks left until SummerSlam. Next week's Raw is the Go Home Raw show. The Go Home before SummerSlam, the last show before SummerSlam. I think they're going to let it all out. I think we're going to get some returns next week. I think we're going to get a good fucking show next week. I'm hoping for the 8.5 out of 10 next week. By the way, it's never 9 or 10. Maybe 9 or 10 at the Raw after WrestleMania. But Raw, averagely before or after pay per ne never gets a 9 or 10. Normally an 8.58. So, yeah. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to Raw. By the way, rest in peace, Kamala. He passed away on Sunday. I was going to mention yesterday on the, on the review, but I forgot. Rest in peace, Kamala. He was one of the, the good guys. He, was, he played a bad, a bad guy for most of his life. But deep down, that guy was a fucking legend. What a lovely man, Kamala. I met him in Cardiff once. The same day I met Mick Foley. He was doing a, a, a sign-in. It was 2006, one of the time. I think he retired about a, a week after. You think he was in a battle royal in, on Raw in America. I can't remember. But I met him without his makeup on. He just like looked like any average middle-aged guy. Really nice guy. I told him how much I appreciated him because I watched him. 
in my, well, when I was like 10, 11, 12, when he fought The Undertaker, and when he was beating people up and splashing them with his belly and his moon and the stars on his belly and the paint. And, you know, he wasn't the best wrestler in the world, but he was a good character. He was a nice guy. And I got, I got to shake, shake his hand about 14 years ago. And it's sad to see anybody in the wrestling business go, let alone anybody in real life. But, yeah, rest in peace, Kamala. Um, my, my thoughts are with your friends and family. Um, so, yeah, Raw was a fantastic, you know, episode of Raw, not the best. Love the uh, the Flay and Orton thing. Love the Kevin Owens and Orton match. Love the beginning of Raw with Seth Rollins and uh, Dominic and Joe and the beating Dominic Mysterio got. No doubt Rey Mysterio was going to... I think he'd done a video after Raw on WWE.com exclusive. I haven't seen it yet because I've been like all day. But I think, you know, I think Mysterio might be on Raw next week to be in Dominic's corner. To even the score because Buddy Murphy will be in... Sorry, Murphy will be in Rollins' corner. Maybe Samoa Joe will get involved. Maybe Austin Theory returns in 3-on-2 and Raw. Alistair Black does it. I don't know. But, you know, Raw I'm looking forward to. I might do the AEW and NXT review tomorrow. If I don't, if I don't, I might just do the review the day after because these previews and reviews may do one every day, maybe a bit pointless. I may do another episode instead, though, of doing something else. I don't quite know yet. Maybe my thoughts on the business. I don't know. I might do it with, with my colleague, Sean. I don't know yet. But until then, you know what I'm going to say? Take care of each other and yourselves. Wash your hands. Wear masks, sanitize your hands, be nice to everybody. Life's too, too short. I love you all. I genuinely do. Thank you all for listening. Um, thank you to Sean Parfit one more, more time for everything you've done. Done for me, it means a lot. It does not go unnoticed. So, take care, guys. Oh, by, the, by the way, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Dose Fists. I think you already do because you wouldn't be listening to the podcast otherwise. And my name, Dan4785 on instagram i'm on facebook at dan davis i recently just opened it again i don't know why i'm not a fan of it i might not be on it for long but darren davis darren with an a and that's it so take care guys of each other bye bye by the way guys the reason why i didn't mention this retribution guy guys the ones with the fucking <clears throat> capital letters of the name retribution much i mentioned the lights flicking on raw but you know what they're like fucking teenagers, man. They fucking shit. It's pathetic. They, they, they raw they crap. Smack them, they're right because they make a difference. Raw they flip the card over, which I've expected to see so somebody get up the card at the end after they left the scene. Then they threw a cinder block through a glass window, and they made the power go out again. The light kept flashing, so you could tell Raw was taped last week or on Monday. The first and last week Raw and this week Raw was taped only one day because SmackDown they destroyed the set. So it looks like, you know. Pardon me. The raw version of this team are like rascals and they do stuff on the outside and SmackDown books of it. They look to make a chain spray pink stuff, cut the ropes and beat beat up people. So the SmackDown version of these guys is a bit better than the raw version. But I didn't mention it much on Raw. On the Sorry. On I I've I've had a few beers. On the Raw review, but at the end of the day I didn't mention them for a reason. I didn't mention them for a reason because I think they fucking shit. They look like a kid that was ninjas. I'll only be interested at the reveal, maybe SummerSlam. As long as it's Dominic Dijakovic, Tommaso Ciampa, maybe Xavier Woods or one of the Usos, or at least Cedric Alexander or Ricochet, somebody up and coming. And as long as it's like Chelsea Green, Carmella, I don't really mind. I don't care. Or Vanessa Bourne, okay. Just use them properly. You know, don't have them lose the first two matches. Don't have them win one match and lose six. Tommaso Ciampa, fantastic. 
awesome NXT wrestler, a badass as a heel, he can rip your face off, he's only like 5 foot 10, 5 foot 11, but he's a hell of an athlete, a good wrestler, he's called the Sicilian Psychopath for a reason, Dominic Dijakovic, he, he could out-wrestle a paper bag, he's six, about 6 foot 4, 6 foot 5, he can wrestle, he can do anything, he, he can fly, he can do anything, he can, honestly, Dominic Dijakovic is probably the guy who can do everything, he's brilliant, underutilised, even NXT don't use him properly, and that's God's honest truth, they really don't. Um, Xavier Woods, maybe uh, they're like this new day thing at the moment. He apparently he's out, well, he is out injured, but he's been out injured a bit longer than he should have, I think. Um, Kobe Kingston got injured storyline wise, or maybe real, I don't know, at, at extreme rules. So Big E's on his own. It would make sense, like Kofi, I think, I don't think Kofi and Xavier are going to be like, oh, right, so Big E's going on his own now, and so we'll create that with the new, we'll stick to the new day tag team then. I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll split them up sneakily. I think Xavier Woods, if he is a member of this group, being underutilized or not used. I don't know why, because he's won like loads of fucking like 10 tag team titles, so I don't really know. But I think if it's not Xavier Woods, then he definitely played a part this week or last week, I can't remember. But I said, that's Xavier Woods' voice, that's his eyebrows, that's his face. I know the guy. But like I said, these Retribution guys may just be any Tom, Dick and Harry backstage attacking people until they reveal a SummerSlam and at SummerSlam it'll be five totally different people because Vince doesn't know what he's doing that we probably don't know what they're doing and they're like oh you'll do because we can't have Tommaso um, under the mask yet because he's away on holiday so he's got COVID or he can't do anything or he, you know what I mean I think the people we think they are now attacking people um, we can guess who they are we can guess their hair we can guess their height we can guess their, their eyebrows but deep down what I think they are, of the rumours I've heard, obviously everybody's probably heard the same rumours, being a wrestling smart fan as I am, bear in mind I don't know anything anybody or anybody else, i just got a pretty good gut feeling when it comes to wrestling because I've watched it all my life um, for about 33 years now. I'm not saying i got the inside scoop and I'm always right, but my gut is normally right. I think it will be Tommaso Ciampa, Dominic Dijakovic, um... Xavier, maybe Xavier Woods, I'm on the fence with it, because he's still with a New Day, they need a storyline with that, mind you, they just do anything anyway, so without saying the New Day broke up, they could say Xavier Woods broke broke away from him, and Kofi goes on his own as well, so we have a tag team, but then you got to have another tag team to replace him, because the SmackDown and Tank Division is shit, so I'd keep Xavier Woods and Kofi together as the New Day for the time being, for the next few weeks or months or years, but I don't know, um, I want Xavier Woods, I want somebody on Raw, SmackDown, NXT who's been underutilised. Dominic Dijakovic, kind of. Tommaso Ciampa the past few months, definitely. Chelsea Green, supposed to be called up to Raw, didn't get to Raw when Paul Heyman got fired. Vanessa Bourne, exactly the same. Carmella, doesn't get used no more, but, but she did want to stay on more during COVID because she didn't want to risk her health, so it may be her, it may not be her. But the third guy, I don't know. The third guy could be an NXT guy. A third guy could be a guy we see every week on, on TV who loses. It, it could be something like Oni on, Logan from NXT. It could be someone from 205 Live, Raul Mendoza. By the way, the other day I said I didn't know who the other um, guy was in um, El Fantasma's group. Is him. Um, I forgot to say that. Um, it, it could be... It could be anybody. It could be our truth. It could be anybody they feel like pulling on at, on the SummerSlam script. But I want it to be Dominic Dijakovic, Tommaso Ciampa, Chelsea Green, Vanessa Bourne maybe, but I want to put Carmella in there because I think she deserves it. I think Carmella is a better athlete and wrestler than they let on. They don't give her that much. Um, I'm not saying Naomi because I don't think it's Naomi. I think she'll get her tag her world title shot at Bailey soon. Maybe a SummerSlam, maybe a little bit later or on a SmackDown, but she'll get it shot soon. Um, I want it to be... 
I'd like it to be Kevin Owens, you know. Even though he's getting a bit of spotlight, I love... Uh, but, right, or Sami Zayn. Because Kevin Owens, right, let me just briefly... This is nothing to do with Raw, but he's a Raw superstar, so I technically think it is something to do with Raw. Kevin Owens, when he came into it, was a heel. A bad guy in NXT. He came out. Um, you know, he was a badass from Ring of Honor. He's, he's a veteran. He's been wrestling for 15 years. Uh, maybe longer, 16, 17, 18. He's from Quebec. He's funny. He can cut the promo. He's a better heel than a face, but... Since his first face turn in the last year and a half, he's been fucking excellent. He hasn't been on TV as much because he said he doesn't want to do COVID because his family, which is fine because he has a daughter and an autistic son, which I, I get it. It makes sense. I get it. But Kevin Owens back as a bad guy, or maybe they're, they're good guys these guys are. I don't know what they are. They're flipping cars over, but we don't know whose cars they are. We don't know why they're throwing things. We, do, we don't know why they are rebelling. They might end up being the, the good good guys all along, and we might end up cheering them. If they attack a heel and beat the fucking to a heel in the next few weeks, then we know their faces. If they beat the fucking to a face, then we know the heels if we beat the fact that somebody don't care about then we'll have to make our own cast and judgment but kevin owens be pretty cool you know but sammy zane oh my god this guy i've loved him since he was el generico in ring of honor i've loved him i've always loved sammy zane whether he's a good guy or bad guy he's really a bad guy but when he's a good guy fucking the underdog the pops he used to get his music everything the people love sammy zane they hate him now with the past six years because he's been a heel but come on, fuck, fuck. Sami Zayn can make you hate him and he can make you love him. But Sami Zayn, what a mouthpiece for that place. He's been, he got, he got told because he won the Intercontinental title against Daniel Bryan after WrestleMania. Um, then COVID, well, he, COVID was like right, two, three weeks in, but he said, look, I've won the title. You decided with the title on me, thanks. But both Bryan and Zayn didn't want to work much because Bryan was expecting a kid. Zayn said, I'm not working in, a, in COVID because of my health, which is fair enough. You know, at the end of the day, like I said, Roman Reigns did the same thing as well. You know, he got taken up the match at WrestleMania and Braun Strowman took his place. So, you know, but... Sami Zayn would be a fantastic one. I think if he's hero face, he comes back, he'll be in charge. He's fantastic on the mic. He can cut promos. Sami Zayn, Tommaso Ciampa, Dobrik Dijakovic, Carmella, and Chelsea Green. What a fucking faction that is. Don't treat them like jobbers. Have them take people out. Have them become champions. Have them just kick the fucking shit into people. Be better than Nexus, because trust me, the past two weeks on Raw, they've been babies, teenagers. Whether they've been playing these roles or not, which I don't think they are, I reckon it's been NXT talent, always give you words or random people. SmackDown looked a bit more promising. The guy who cut the ropes, and I think he's the same guy who's on Raw and SmackDown, he's a bit more chunky. He's a bit bigger. He's a bit of a bigger man. Now, recently I heard they're in talks with Jeff Cobb. Basically, Jeff Cobb, if, if you want to put it in... I, I keep saying layman's terms. I think it's the right term to use. He's basically a young Taz. Maybe better. Taz have said himself, he's fantastic, he reminds him a lot of himself, he loves him, he thinks he's great. Jeff Cobb is suited, he looks like Jeff Cobb's style. Jeff Cobb is guy, basically imagine Taz back in the day, imagine him with long black hair, that's Jeff Cobb. Same attire, suplex, killer, mean machine. Jeff Cobb. He may be the guy who was doing the chainsaw, unless Jeff, Jeff Cobb is doing it, and he's not going to be revealed as, as Jeff Cobb. He might just be revealed as somebody else, if that makes sense. But I think his body stature, the guy who cut the ropes, he looks a bit like Jeff Cobb to me, his body type. I might be wrong. He might be playing the role. I don't know. But that would be a fantastic Jeff Cobb. He, gonna, he can't say he's been underutilized as retribution, like you know the angle is, they say. They're not being recognized or used, but tell you what, Jeff Cobb, what a fucking sign-in. Jeff Cobb, seriously, Google it, YouTube it. Trust me, I'm a wrestling fan. I know what I'm on about. Jeff Cobb is amazing. So anyway, sorry for ranting. I forgot to mention Retribution. 
But yeah, they flick the lights on and off uh, between the, the start and end of Raw. Um, they tipped the cart over backstage. They stood on it, they kicked it, and they threw two cinder blocks through a window. The second block was kind of pointless, but that's it. So I just I'd, I'd add it to the end of the podcast, guys. It goes on for about 40 minutes, I'm sorry, and I apologise. But take care of yourselves and each other. Wash your hands and wash your ass.